Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. Oh, man. Did God show up, folks? Man, it was a head-on collision with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, I need a head-on collision with the Holy Ghost. Now, let me just say, most people don't read their Bibles in America right now. We get little snippets. But if you're out of context with the Bible, anything you know is being messed up. It's just not right. And so today, God is coming to give you context. Somebody say context. Come on, shout context. And most of our misunderstanding with people in the church is because they're out of So we want to put you in. God has context. He has a lot of context. But if I get the context wrong, I'm always in confusion. When you turn your Bible to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 6. Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 6. Now, how many will give me some time to change your mind? Say, Kevin, you have time to change my mind. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, or 5, I'm sorry, 5. It says, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Everybody say predestined Predestined. or predestination. Predestined Predestined. or predestination. predestination. That little switch in words changes everything in this passage. It should have been written predetermined. Predestination means you can't change it. This is how it's going to be. So how can somebody be predestinated for something if they have a free will? God made you like him. You have a free will. But the problem is that we're in darkness. We don't know it. How many understand your discernment doesn't work in the dark? Your discernment doesn't work in the dark. Say, my discernment doesn't work in the dark. So God has predetermined, somebody say predetermined, that there would be an adoption of sons. So here's the thing. God's a father, and he wants to have sons and daughters. God's a father, he wants sons and daughters. So what's the church job? Making? I can't hear you. One more time. Can you make sons and daughters in an orphanage? The answer is no. Can you make sons and daughters in an orphanage? No. Can you make sons and daughters in an institution? No. Can you make sons and daughters on a plantation? No. You can only make sons and daughters in a house. Somebody say house at the context. And so God's design is that he said, I'm going to work with you and challenge you and send you dreams and visitations and prophets to try to convince you to be a son and a daughter. And what Matthew said about he was a guy, they followed the rules. How many understand rules are easy to follow? Or easy to fake? But this church, not this church, but the church in America, they're more comfortable with preachers than parents. A parent will get in your business. Are you keeping your zipper up? I'm going to write a rap song. 
keep your hands up, keep your zipper up. Who keep your hands up, keep your zipper up. Who? We gonna ask where you are. When God came in the garden, when Adam was hiding, somebody say sin makes you hide. Sin makes you lie. All sinners are liars. Because you're hiding. You're hiding. So when the Lord walks in the garden in the cool of the day, he says, Adam, where are you? In the Hebrew language, there are two tenses for where are you. One is geographical and one is relational. He wasn't looking where his geographical situation was. He was saying, where are we in our relationship? And everybody here has some relationship to God. Active, inactive, in the dark, rule keeper, whatever it is. And so God is saying, I'm coming to the garden of your heart. Somebody say, he's coming, he's coming. To, the to the garden of my heart. Of my heart. I want everybody's mouth moving. Say, he's coming coming. to the garden garden. of my heart. heart. Say, my heart heart is his garden. garden. Louder. His heart, my heart, heart. my heart 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 is his garden. garden. And so God is coming to visit your heart. Some night, visions, whatever it is. So get ready for the visitation of God. You know what the word visitation means in the Greek? It means to inspect. I'm going to check you out. The fear of the Lord is when God comes and checks you out. When I first started getting touched by the fear of the Lord, I felt these eyes staring at me. I said, Lord, teach me the fear of the Lord. Somebody say, Lord, Lord, teach me me the fear of the Lord. Lord. And I woke up, it's like God was staring at me. I went over here to get something, he was still staring at me. Now, God is always staring at us, but he made me conscious of the stare. Somebody say, God, God, make me conscious of the stare. Because if I know he's watching me, I don't want to do evil. But if I play mind games and act like he's not looking at me, I can get into evil. That's why the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Let me tell you something about American churches. They don't hate evil. They don't see evil as cancer, taking folks to hell. They don't see how bad evil is, how bad sin is. But the problem with many churches is they're trying to fix the effects of sin and not deal with the root of sin. And they're pastor, my life is a mess. My wife's going to leave me. You sin. You don't want to repent of it. You don't want to acknowledge it. You don't want to tell your sin story. Somebody say, tell my sin story. If you will not tell your sin story, you're hiding. Somebody say, if you will not tell your sin story, you're hiding and probably not saved or living a bad life. That's what's happening to you. The gospel starts with people telling their sin story. I was of this. I was of that. And the reason you don't tell your sin story is because you don't believe in the mercy of God. Like a guy that won't take a bath. He doesn't believe in a power of soap. (laughs) So I want to say that God has predestined you to be sons. That means I'm going to keep working on you, working on you, and working on you till you leave this earth. I'm going to try to make you a son. 
You're going to feel that pressure. That's, that's predetermination. Drop down to verse 11. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. In him we have also obtained an inheritance, being predetermined according to the purpose of him who works all things through the counsel of his will. Look up here at me. When God made man, he had a plan. He had an end result in mind. And the end result was sons and daughters. It's an open book test, y'all. God's plan in the end was to create let me tell you what's happening in America right now. We got all these movements, Black Lives Matter, socialist, social justice. But the thing they have all in common is they have to make you a victim in order for you to join the movement. I'm a victim, I'm a black woman, I'm a Hispanic, I'm a, I was born a short midget, I, I'm a victim. <laughs> now before you get offended, I'm 40% African, 40% white, 20% other. <laughs> no, literally, I was born in Louisiana in 1949, and my birth certificate says other. There were three choices, black, white, and other. When I was 12 years old, I saw my birth certificate, says other. Man, that sent me in tremendous identity confusion. I had never seen an other. And here's the thing. The devil is going to work to make you a victim. He's going to make you feel you're entitled. See, if you talk more about your rights than your responsibilities, that'll make you a victim. If you talk more about your rights, that I have a right. Come on, put the whiny voice. Say, I have a right. Come on, put the whiny screen. Say, I have a right. I have rights. You know, everybody say, I have responsibilities. <laughs> Come on, say, I have responsibilities. I have responsibilities. People say, health care is a right. Let me tell you something. No, no, no. Let me say that. That's a lie. That's a lie from the pit of socialism. I said, that's a lie from the pit of socialism. Hold on a second. I can feel the offense meter going up right now. Well, uh, health care is a right. No, your rights end where my checkbook begins. Your rights end where my checkbook begins. Because you are seeing it as an entitlement that I've got to pay for. Anybody seeing this? Now, here's the deal. You cannot be a son and a victim at the same time. Because if God said, I will make a way for you, I'm the way maker. You got no excuses. Is anybody hearing me? You cannot be a son and a daughter and a victim at the same time. Say it three times. One, two, three. You cannot be a son and a victim at the same time. You cannot be a son and a daughter and a victim at the same time. One more time. One more time. One more time. And the devil knows if I can make you think like a victim, it justifies rebellion. It justifies in your mind rebellion. Socialism 
destroys at least 10, five of the Ten Commandments. Socialism is against, against five of the Ten Commandments. And the reason I'm talking about it is because the entire culture of America is shifting to socialism. Thou shalt not steal. Socialism steals. Thou shalt not kill. They authorize murder. Honor your father and mother. They remove father and mother as authority and they put the state. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Thou shalt not covet. I'm coveting your stuff. I'm coming through the tax system to get your stuff. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not bear false witness. They have to lie to make it work. So God is not going to authorize any system that's against his Ten Commandments. Say, socialism, socialism is from the devil. From the devil. Say, let me say, socialism, socialism is from the devil. From the devil. Well, Kevin, why are you saying this stuff? Because it's against the kingdom of God. The word kingdom really means government. So you have two governments, God's government or man's government is going to reign supreme. Now, we're getting, we're getting into the peace here, okay? So God has designed a pattern. Somebody say covenant. covenant. God designed covenants, which are agreements between God and man. So he's got five covenants I want to talk about real quick. Number one, the Adamic covenant. He made a covenant with Adam, and it's in first, it's first part of Genesis. Then he made Noah covenant. I'm never going to destroy the earth with water. Then he made the Mosaic covenant. You're familiar with that a little bit more. Then he made a Davidic covenant that I'm going to set David on the throne and his descendants. And finally, the new covenant. Now, why is this so important? God's plan is the covenant for families. I'm going to show it to you. When God put Adam and Eve in the garden, he put Adam, Eve, and he married them. There's a wedding ceremony. He said, I'm starting off with family. How does God start off? Family. Come on, shout, family. family. What is the church supposed to be? Family. Even the natures, we say, you're a sister, you're a brother, you're a father, you're a mother. Those are family natures. And when you come from a bad house to become a member in a church, usually a bad member. It's easier to be an institution to be in a family. Isn't it, Matthew? Just keep the rules. Be under the radar. Being good is not a personality. Being good is not a nature. And God says, I made you unique. I made you to be with fathers and mothers. So God's plan is that he puts you in a family. Look at this real quick. I want you to see this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 down to verse 28. Very familiar portion of scripture. God says in verse 26, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. See, the glory of God, glory is, God. is the likeness and image of God. The glory of God is the likeness and image of God. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created them Male and female. Say, God is not, not a gender bender. There's only two. We call you by your chromosomes if you don't believe that. X, Y. You can't change your chromosomes. You can't change them. All right? 
and he created a male and female, he created them. And then he said, he blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Can two of the same genders multiply? So right there, you know, that's illegal because he wants fruit. He wants children. He wants to increase everything. And he wants to fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion of the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves upon the earth. So here's God's plan. Say, glorified father, glorified mother, glorified children. Glorified father, glorified mother, glorified children. And so what happens is that God said, Adam, as long as you stay glorified, even as long as you stay glorified, your children will be glorified, not demonized. But they blew the plan. They blew the plan. And so God said, I got to make another covenant. So he does the Noah covenant. Then he does the Moses covenant. Same thing. Every time he does another covenant, he says, I'm going to redo my plan again. God doesn't change the plan. He just changes the man. Oh, you're disqualified. Next, he finds the next generation. But once you understand God's plan and his context, my God, everything changes. You know, I've been in this thing 50 years. And I go to places where they give you your title before they give you your, their first name. Don't make your title your idol. Somebody say, don't make your title your idol. See, if I always call people by their title, I build an institution. If I call them by their name, I build a family. I'm going to say it again. If I call you and refer to you by your title, I will build an institution. If I call you by your nature, I will build a family. So here we are now. Adam and Eve sinned, and God says, wait a minute. I'm not going to change my plan. I'm just going to redo it. So he makes another covenant. So how do you make sons and daughters? What is the main element you must have to make sons and daughters? Glorified mommy, glorified daddy. Is anybody hearing me? Well, I know some of your nasty sin stories of the people in this church. Oh, some of you didn't even know your daddy. Daddy was a rolling stone. Daddy got killed at four, when he was four years old in a drug deal. So I guess you're out of luck. No, 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 no. God puts the solitary in homes. God takes people that are broke, busted, and disgusted, don't know who they are. He said, I'm going to make a plan for you. I'm going to give you a substitute for the daddy that was broken and bruised. And a glorified father and a glorified mother is what is required to make a glorified son and daughter. You know, I raised four kids, all stair steps at the same time. I'm well qualified for, for prophetic ministry. I really am. See, the job of being a minister is really being a parent. There's five kind of parents in the Bible. Apostolic parents, prophetic parents, teaching parents, pastoral parents, evangelistic parents. And our job is to train you to do the work. And when you have to raise teenagers, all stair step. How many know that teenagers lie? I got my little grandson here, uh, uh, Caleb here. He went through a time when he was 13 or 14. He knew the rules. And he's so and he handsome. Stand up, Caleb. Let, us, let, let your future wife see you. Come on, stand up, buddy. <laughs> I know she's on, on somehow on, face, on face, uh, social media someplace, all right? 
But you know his problem was? He knew the rules so good he was a church charmer. Somebody say a church charmer. He knew what to say, how to say it. But in his heart, he said, I ain't going to do a thing that you asked me to do. But he was a Come on, put more charm in it. He was a church charmer. A little sneaky guy. Oh, he was sneaky. Sinners have to be sneaky because they got to keep on sinning. But I had to chase that down. Why I was predetermined he is not going to be an evil, backslidden mess. I did not stop pursuing. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? I was a good father. I whipped my kids. I said, I'm about to bless you, bend over. Somebody said, I'm about to bless you. I'm going to knock that devil out of you. Get up on your hind legs. You're not an animal. Come on. I'm about to bless you. The Bible says, do that for your children. Matter of fact, I had two paddles specially made. One was called the Holy Ghost Butt Master. I said, go get the butt master, y'all. You gotta, you, you, you. Yeah, it was, but it was always, they understood why. And now they're in their 30s and they tell jokes about it. And now they spanked their kids. Why? Glorified father. Glorified mother. Glorified children. Somebody say, the shepherd has a rod and a staff. One more time. The shepherd has a rod and a staff. Say, the staff is for direction, and the rod is for correction. The staff is for direction, and the rod is for correction. That's the same thing parents do. And we got people that are pre-offended, come to church, you can't correct them. I'm going to take my Bible, my electronic Bible, and go down the street. They won't talk about my sin this way. I said, bye. But when you get there, know this. It's going to be the same devil, different place. Somebody say, same devil, different place. Same devil, different race. Same devil, different face. God is predetermined. He's going to deal with your issues. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I know you got some issues. Come on, say, I know you got some issues. Now, listen, listen, listen. In the book, in the book of Acts, after the book of Acts, all the letters are to the church. They're not to the lost, not to the world, they're to the church. You ever read the list of sins in that, that, those epistles? Fornicators, adulterers, thieves, murderers. He wasn't talking to the lost. He's talking to church people, talking to y'all. Every sin in the Bible is in this room right now, either an attitude or action. What did I say? Somebody say, every sin. Come on, straight. Say, every sin in the epistle is in this room, either by attitude or by action. How many agree with that? And so here we are, pastors want to be good parents. 
And we want to make sure you're glorified, not demonized. That's our job. How do you understand that real shepherds have shepherd eyes? They can see stuff in your life. You think you're invisible. Oh, my pastor don't see me. Oh, he can see that fornicating devil on you. They got special eyes. Pastors got special eyes. They got special ears. They can hear stuff. They can see stuff. You know, my oldest son, now he's got nine kids. My oldest son got nine kids. He's a mighty man of God. <laughs> and so they had their first son, Drew, and so we were at the hospital. I said, okay, now, son, I, you know, I love you. I said, but if you don't spank him, now, this is, this is in the hospital. I mean, he's all wrapped up in a blanket, but I'm prophesying the future. <laughs> I will not have a viper in a diaper. No, 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 no. Little demon baby. No demon babies in my legacy. I said, son, I love you, but if you don't spank this child, I'll visit your house. Don't visit my house. Because when I get irritated, I can leave. He said, oh, no, dad. I got the message. And he's hilarious watching him with his nine kids. They'll start whining. He's up oh, one more time. You bought a ticket to the pain train. <laughs> and they'll just grab him and take him to, he'll take him to the bathroom and they'll come out. He'll come back. I'll obey. I'll obey. But here's the deal. If you never had a family that disciplined you and now you're in the house of God. And now the pastor trying to do his job to glorify you. You're going to fight him. No. Oh, I got some funny stories where I disciplined my kids. I had my, when my, my youngest son was eight years old, there was, a mo- there was a TV show called Beavis and Butthead. Anybody ever see that TV show or know about Beavis? And so he, he was calling his over, older brother Butthead all the time. Brother, yeah, Butthead. He said, hey, not allowed in this house. He said, he would kind of bend down. I think he was eight years old. Happened again. You a butthead. I said, one more time, buddy. You have consequences. I heard about four hours later. You a butthead. Oh, come on, come on, come on. And he had one of those kind of haircuts where all the hair was like bangs. He had bangs. He had real straight hair. He had bangs. I got me an indelible black magic marker. I pulled his hair back and on his forehead... I wrote butthead. <laughs> I mean, I tried to make it as black and thick. And so he, he didn't say anything when I was doing it, but then he went to the mirror. He went, Ooh! and then he went, <laughs> he was crying and laughing because <laughs> it was funny. And so his bangs hung down, so all you could see is the bottom of the letters. But he knew what was there. And he tried to rub it off. Took him about three days. You know, miracle of miracles. I never heard that word butthead in my house again. Somebody say the rod is for direction. I mean, the rod is for correction. The staff is for direction. Now, here's the problem. We're not here just to be nice people and 
make you have good manners when you're in church. Our job is to glorify you. Somebody say, glorify me. Glorify me. What's the pastor's job? Glorify me. I can't hear you. What's the pastor's job? Glorify me. What's the pastor's job? Glorify me. And the more you fight it, the harder it will be. And here's the thing. Pastors see things about you that you don't see in you. They get a special equipping. We don't ask for it. We don't ask for it. And when it first starts happening, you think you're judgmental. You know, that's why I was talking to Matthew and Mike. They started having the pastor's eyes. They started seeing stuff. But instead of trying to glorify the people, they tried to demonize the people. Hypocrite! Liar! They were seeing correctly, but they did not have the context. I'm here to glorify you. So I'm not trying to shame you guys. God's not going to take your gift back, Matthew. Mike, he's not going to take your gift back. That's why you can see stuff. You're a future pastor. We had to beat you up a little bit and spank you and discipline you, put some brains inside of you, but you, if you're the pastor. Somebody say, don't kill the next generation. Don't kill the next generation. They're going to make mistakes. And there's some, like, like Matthew, he was in church so long, this rule thing, this slave thing, you know this parable of the prodigal son? He's the older brother. Both of these guys are older brothers. Their brother gets saved and you going to go to the party? Nah, he took all the daddy's money. He was with these hoes. He was, ah, no. <laughs> oh, now you act like you watch Blockbuster. And I say one word, oh, Lord. <laughs> hypocrite. You're a movie Hypocrite. Somebody say a movie hypocrite. hypocrite. You watch it on your TV, but in church, you can't talk about it. Shush, 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 shush. Shush. And so what is the pastor's job? To glorify me. Come on, one more time. What's the pastor's job? Glorify me. What's the pastor's job? Glorify me. You know, Pastor Dave has, he's got special eyes. Don't leave for a second. He's got special eyes. He knows stuff about people. Not because he's got a third eye, because the father shows him. You know, my oldest son, when he got 15, he ran in with some, some bad kids. And they were like evil kids. They were just like experimenters. And so he said, Mom, can I spend the night over so-and-so at my friend's house? So she said, okay. And about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, my wife says, something's wrong with Andrew. I said, oh, what do you think? He said, I don't know. Something's wrong with Andrew. Something's wrong with Andrew. And she got the praying in tongues. Something's wrong with Andrew. She said, I'm going to go find him. So she gets in a car, and God starts telling her, take a left, take a right, take a left, take a right. He said, well, God will never tell me nothing like that. You know why? You're too far away to hear the instructions. You're too far away. You hear the promises of God spoken, it seems so far away. Everybody go, far away. 
See, the kids love this kind of preaching. They remember. He said, Kevin, why do you do that? Because you remember it. What good is a message you don't remember? You talk about the love of God, but it seems so. You talk about that you are forgiven and it feels so. Is that you doing that? Come here, buddy. I'm going to put you in the ministry right now. Hey, hey, get on the stage. Jump on the stage. It seems so far away. It seems so far away. You know why it seems so far away? Because you are. And if you would get closer, you would hear those instructions. God did not move. You did. And you are. He's going to be having that in his sleep at night, prophesying in his sleep. Now, why is this important? Somebody say the curse or the covenant. One more time. One more time. God has made a covenant with all of his children. Most of you don't even read the fine print. You don't read the fine print. But if you're not in the covenant, you're going to be, say, cursed. I need, I need, some, I need my, all my shouters and people that are loud voices, Okay. If you're not in a covenant, you automatically are going to be. And so when the pastor sees your behavior, he's not trying to stop you from having your fun. He's trying to stop you from being. When he hears your attitude, he's not trying to be the church police. He's trying to stop you from being. When he corrects you, it's not because he's got a bad attitude. He's trying to stop you from being. Because you see that if you're not in the covenant, you automatically will be. Somebody say the curse ends when family begins. The curse ends where family begins. What begins in family? Glorified father, glorified mother, glorified children. One more time, say glorified mother, glorified father, glorified children. That means you get under a pastor, get under a parent, get under an elder, get under a friend that can see in the future for you. And if you don't submit to that, you're in the darkness, and the devil will lead you down a path, and you will be. Let me just say this. Right now, in my opinion, all of America is under the curse. We've killed over 60 million, probably 65 million babies on the altar of our selfishness. We've, we've codified and made law same-sex marriage. Kevin, are you homophobic? No, I'm xenophobic. I'm not mad at anybody, but it will take you to the curse. 
How many of you had some cursed histories in your life? How many of you had family members? How many of you had family members or parents that because of their curses, it bled over into your life? And God says, hey, my plan is to put you in a family with a glorified daddy. They're not perfect. With a glorified mother. They're not perfect. But I'd rather have 70% than zero. I'd rather have 40% than zero. And if you are resisting correction from people that God put in your life that really love you, they're not trying to abuse you or use you. You're headed towards the curse. America's cursed right now. All the stuff in the streets, the murders, the drug use, the overdoses, all the out of wedlock births, all the divorces. That is the evidence of the what? The curse. Go read, write this down. Read Deuteronomy chapter 28. 14 verses are the blessing and the rest of the chapter, like 60, is the curse. Cursed in your business, cursed in your marriage, cursed in your money, curse, 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 curse. And here's the deal. Curse is always attached to a sin. So if you named a sin, that's how the curse got in. And many churches, they don't talk about sin. Well, you're offending me talking about my sin. That's my private life. I'm anointed to be in your private business. How do you understand that little boys, if you didn't make them change their underwear, they'd wear the same underwear for 30 days. I don't find them little kids. They see you moving the prophetic. You say, hey, little man, come over here. God is telling me the color of your underwear. And they're like, oh, my God. You know what color it is? Yellow in the front, brown in the back. <laughs> you know, my mom used to take foster kids in. She raised eight kids, and then she, she took foster kids in. And my mom was a super mom. And she didn't get saved till I led her to the Lord about 50. I led my own mother. The woman that delivered me, I delivered her. So don't give up on your demonized mama. Don't give up on your demonized daddy. The woman that delivered me, I delivered her. Got her filled with the Holy Ghost. But she had old school morals. We lived in a, in a black neighbor, black, white neighborhood. We, it was all African-Americans where I was. And my mother was them Southern mothers. Somebody say Southern mother. Southern. And whenever she was going to discipline, she went, all right, Mr. Man. That was her discipline. All right, Mr. Man. Drop them pants. And when I got to be around 12 years old, I, I was taller than her. She was real short. She said, all right, Mr. Man, drop them pants. Why? Hard to run when the pants are around your ankle like this. Hey, hey. She would just whoop me around the house. And she was one of them women. Every time she would, she would say so. I told you, you never. It's like, dang. And then she would make you go out and get your own switch. You better talk about it. Go 
Look at your own switch. And you better get a good one because I'm going to make you go back there and get it again. My mom was five foot two. And when I got to be about a little bit old, taller than that, she, she had to look up to me. She goes, now listen to me, Mr. Man. I'm a little piece of leather, but I'm well put together. You better remember that dynamite comes in small packages. So when I got 15, we tried to do some running, doing the beer thing. And uh, we'd jump out of the house, and we had a house that didn't have air conditioning back in the 50s, 60s. And my mama, she would say to me, Mr. Man, you will never get too big for me to wear. She had that dramatic, never. Somebody say, never. Get too big for me to whip. I went, please, I'm bigger than you. I'm stronger than you. I can outrun you. And so I remember that day I got out of my house and went out and drank beer and stuff. I was 15 and we snuck back in the house. And I had to sleep with a sheet on because it was so hot. We didn't have air conditioning. About five o'clock in the morning. I'm, I'm dead asleep. And I hear that voice slamming me with a stick. I told you, you'd never. And I'm in a bunk bed. I can't, there's no escape. Wood on this side, wood on that side, wall on this side, mama on this side. There's no escape. <laughs> and she, I told you, she made a believer out of me. I found out you could whip anybody in their sleep. <laughs> now, why am I saying this? God is predetermined. To make you a son and a daughter. So my, my oldest son, he was out drinking beer. And my wife said, I'm going to find my son. And so she's driving. And the Lord said, take a left, take a right, take a left, take a right. And all of a sudden, she sees my son, who wasn't where he was supposed to be, in the afternoon driving with some boys in a car drinking beer. They were all underage. And so she pulls the police maneuver. She puts her car in front. Eh! <laughs> Blocks the road. Mama walking that street. Andrew Leal, what are you doing? You know what his response was? Remember, mama eyes, papa eyes. He gets out of the car. I can't do nothing you don't see. I'm sick of this. I can't do nothing you don't see. I'm sick of this. God always talks to you. I can't get away with nothing in this house. But she was trying to avoid the curse from coming in his life. Somebody say, glorified daddy. Glorified mommy. Glorified children. And if you're going to be in this house, this is a remnant house. You know what the word remnant means? That which is left over for replanting. That which has been saved for replanting. You're the remnant. God saved you. Should have been dead. Some of you should have been overdosed. Some of you should have been in jail. But God has delivered you to be a part of a remnant church. Somebody say, God has delivered me. 
I can't hear you. God has delivered me. God has delivered me. To be a part of a remnant church. And if you're going to be a remnant church, you're going to have a glorified pastor, glorified pastor's wife, glorified leaders that can see what you can't see. They see that stuff still working inside of you. They see that you're half delivered, not fully delivered. They know you got the language, you don't have the life. I said, they see that you got the language, but you don't have the life. And we're not going to give up on you. But God is saying, if you will submit to the glorified fathers, glorified mothers, you'll be delivered from the curse. Somebody say, God, deliver me me. from the curse. curse. Deliver me. me. You know, I had a crazy visitation two days ago. I didn't sleep the whole night. After Wednesday night service, I went back to the room. I, I I couldn't sleep. And I felt... The, the power of God just resting on me. It's like God was just looking at me. So about six o'clock in the morning, I said, Lord, what's, what's up with this? He said, I just wanted to be with my friend. Everybody go, oh. That's how I felt. I just want to be with my friend. I said, do you want anything? He said, no. I just want to be with my friend. And then he said something that freaked me out. He said, I know the way of your death and the day of your death. I know the, everybody here right now, God knows the way of your death and the day of your death. Now that's freaking some of you out. But you'll never leave earth alive. You're never gonna leave earth alive. See, God knows the way of my death and the day of my death. And I said, so what does that mean? He says, I just want you to know, till that day, I'm going to be with you. And he says, son, you're my friend. Now, Wednesday night, I had all my kids here, had my grandkids here. My granddaughter was prophesying, and she brought her friends, her little posse. (laughs) Somebody say prophetic posse. Prophetic posse. Uh, She's 13, got another one 17, another one is what, 15 or something like that. And so the Lord said to me, the scripture, he says, son, you're my friend. I said, wow. And then he gave me a scripture. Let me, can I tell you the scripture? Turn your Bible to the book of Genesis 18, verse 16. Jesus chapter verse 18, verse 16, down to verse 19. Now it's talking about Abraham. Then the men rose from there and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to see them on their way. And the Lord said to Abraham, the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Verse 19. For I have known him that he may command his children and his household after him, that they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham all that he has spoken to him. He says, son, the reason you're my friend is because all these years you've done everything you can to keep your family under your command, in my command, in the house of God. You know why Abraham was God's friend? Because he was building a house. 
some of your kids are spiritual orphans. Some of your kids in your house, they're spiritual orphans. You've never prayed with them. You never cast their devils out. You let them have garbage in their, in their, in their rooms. Like this one little girl, she's 15 years old. She got that little attitude, that little entitlement attitude. She put keep out on her door of her room. Keep out. She went to school one day. Her dad took the door off the hinges. She came, she came home. What happened to my door? Not your door, my door. You don't get a door. You don't get any privacy with that attitude. You don't get any doors. You know what God will do if you don't repent? He will take all the doors off your life. Everybody be walking in your mess. Everybody be busting in on you. No privacy. No peace. Wickedness. Man, I feel the glory of God about... See, what God wants is for every one of you to be a glorified parent. He wants you to be a glorified mother. He wants you to be a glorified father. That I have enough of the image of God that I can give to my kids and my spiritual kids to be fatherly towards them. And we got a generation that has never been whipped. I mean, I was in Mexico about two years ago. And the pastor invited me to this restaurant. We were eating, and he said, I have somebody I want you to check out. And the, the mayor's daughter was dating one of his members. And she was a, just a little sweet thing about delegating like a China doll. And so she was sitting in the restaurant, and I, he said, what do you think about her? I said, well, let me ask you a question. So I had to use an interpreter. I said, did your daddy ever spank you? And she says, no. I was my daddy's princess. In Spanish, it's princessa. I was my daddy's princessa. I looked at him. I says, daddy's princess would become your Jezebel. Because God is going to arrange discipline somewhere in your life. Somebody say, God doesn't change the class. He just changes the teacher. If you won't receive a parent to be over you, we'll get a warden to be over you. But some way you're going to learn these disciplined lessons because God has predetermined, I'm going to make you a son and a daughter. Let me just say, I really felt strong tonight as I close this deal up. That the spirit of God is coming to break curses out of people's houses. There are some curses because you get the curse because of your bad attitudes, because of your bad actions or your sin. But there's some curses that come in through the occult. And the occult is strong, strong in America. Let me just read this. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9 down to 11. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9 to verse 11. So he's telling them, before they cross the Jordan. He says, you're going to come to a land full of demons. You're going to come to a land with all kind of mess. Do not get involved in the mess. Somebody say, do not get involved in the mess. Verse 9, when you come to the land which the Lord has given you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of the nation. Somebody say, abominations. Is there any way to say the word abomination in a nice way? 
Look at your neighbor and say, you are an abomination. You can't say it in a nice way. No matter how you say it, it stinks. You're an abomination. Look at verse 10. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes a son and daughter pass through the fire, that child sacrifice, one who practices a witchcraft, Harry Potter. Somebody say, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Those books all have demons attached to them. Every one of them. Every, every Harry Potter book. Every Harry Potter video has a demon attached to it. His son and daughter through the fire, witchcraft soothsayer, that's, that's a fortune teller's one nine hundred dollar devil. One nine hundred dollar devil. Or one who interprets omens or sorcerers or tarot cards. One who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritist who calls upon the dead. Now, we think all of this is in Africa. It's in the Caribbean. Oh, the devil's been at work in America. You know, many years ago, I was casting a demon of a young man. I think he was 26 years old. And this guy had five big demons. And he started, those demons started talking. And so he would change his tone. He would change his voice. And I said, what is your name? And the, the, this demon said, it said, witchcraft. I said, how did you get in? Now, the demon's talking. It said, Harry Potter. Somebody say, Harry Potter. And then he says, he's our best evangelist in this generation. He's our best evangelist in this generation. Because they get the wand, they're doing the spell. Listen, those are real spells, guys. She did her research on witchcraft. Kids got all kind of depression demons, confusion demons, anger demons. Full of demons. And the Spirit of God is here today. To deliver you. The Spirit of God is here today to deliver you. Listen to be very careful. Look at me. Look at me. What is your attitude towards spiritual parents correcting you? What is your attitude towards spiritual mothers correcting you? Because if I don't receive correction, I'm going to end up in the curse. If I don't do that, see this curse or covenant. God has made a covenant with you. See, the covenant of God has conditions. God's covenant has conditions. You know what you don't hear in America on most preaching is the conditions. Everybody get favor. Favor for you. Favor, 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 favor. Fornicators get favor. Everybody get favor. Favor. Oh, no, 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 no. There's conditions to the covenant. Liars. No covenant for you. Let me just give you the last thing I'm going to say. Pay attention, Dr. Rose. We live in America in a representative democracy. That means we vote for people who vote for us. What is a representative democracy? We vote for people who vote for us. What is a representative democracy? Now, when you vote for somebody in a representative democracy, that person becomes you. Say, who I vote for represents me. Your choices, your values, your morals. There is a political party that their platform is pro-murder abortion. 
pro-gay marriage. When you vote for that candidate, I believe your covenant with God begins to crack. Because if I vote for something that God is against, I start breaking my covenant. It's just like I was doing it. God can't bless that stuff. You can go into the voting booth and curse yourself. You can vote for somebody who's going to vote for the devil and curse yourself. Here's what I want you to do tonight. I want you to raise your hands and say, Holy Spirit, Spirit, clean this house. house. Holy Holy Spirit, clean my life. If there's any unclean things, any curse, any violation of your covenant, take it out of my life. Take it out of my life. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com give.